Do you let us refer you? There you go. Uh, <laughs> get the, get it's it. a foot in the door. <laughs> All right. We're going to just see if anybody watches our video. Yeah, we'll see. So. I did not know that you started. Real estate <laughs> update. What? Did, did you know? Oh, we started? Yeah. Diamond Realty Associates. Fantastic. Good thing no one swore. Yep. I'm Trace. I'm Don. I'm Aaron. And not Amber, is not what Amber. I always try to say. And we're here with Angie Searles. Hello. And Amber had a very important meeting today, so she will be missing this segment, but we will... We'll catch her on the next one. Yep. Absolutely. We are going to talk about lender basics today. So Andrew's come from Valley Mortgage. She is one of our favorite lenders. <laughs> can we say that? Preferred. Preferred. I don't think favorite. we can say preferred. No, we can say favorite though, right? Yeah. Well, we do. She's our favorite as a person. So True. We just happen to think she's a very good lender as well. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So we'll talk about that. Um, buyers and Brews, we have our date set for June 12th. 5.30 to 7.30. Um, everybody comes a little bit early and that's totally fine. We try to get our food there early so you guys can visit a little bit. But if you don't come till 5.30 or even after, feel free to walk in, have a seat. It's pretty informal. Um, we'll have food, free childcare. What else? Free booze. Free booze. Um, and Angie will be there to answer questions. Um, yep, she goes a lot more in depth. Yes, a lot more in depth. So if you didn't respond to our live video on Facebook, you can just write it down and Bring it with you on June 12th. Yep. Absolutely. Um, Tasty Tuesday, we'll announce our Tasty Tuesday winner. Do we have our Tasty Tuesday winner? Tasty Tuesday winner. <laughs> Trace will be back in just a moment. <laughs> we did try out a really good place in the alley at Robert's Robert's yeah. Alley. We went to Scoops and we had some cookie dough and some ice cream. So if you, if you like chocolate ice cream, that was amazing. I had Pirate's Booty and paintball and paintball is cookie dough or cake batter ice cream with cookie dough chunks yeah oh. yeah so I it was really it was good it was all good I was happy mm. with everything. and i think tim had vanilla so he was happy with that well <laughs> he got vanilla because our three-year-old child said daddy i want vanilla and then he didn't eat any of it he, he ate all your chocolate chocolate <laughs> yep okay so well. try that out because scoops was really good but that was our Dessert for Tasty Tuesday, not where we went. That wasn't where we went. Yeah, so if you haven't guessed yet, you could probably have a pretty good guess on where we went because <laughs> it was within walking distance. So, drumroll, where were we? We are talking about lender basics. <laughs> um, so, we want to talk about lender options first. And one of the big questions is what's the difference between lenders, banks, and credit unions? Okay. Um, so there's a couple options. If you start with a large bank, and a lot of people will think that going to their, their bank that they go to is going to be easier. Um, the nice thing about banks is they're usually very competitive rate-wise. If you're, you know, you've got an 800 credit score and you've got 20% to put down, because um, they want to keep that walk-in business, because they're going to have very limited programs available to you. Generally, they're going to be stricter and have limited options. Um, sometimes their fees are a little bit higher just because of their overhead. So you, it's always good to check with your bank, but you want to check with other lenders as well. And some of the other ones out there would be like your correspondent lenders, like Valley Mortgage, where we're, we're not a true lender. We're not a broker, but we could actually shop uh, different loan programs because we offer many programs that are available in the secondary market and we can also shop interest rates and we do everything in our office we process we underwrite we've got we're fortunate because we've got uh, two VA underwriters three FHA underwriters um, so we 
we do everything in our office, but we're too small to service the loans that we do. So we have to transfer the servicing, but we are your correspondent lender. So um, no matter what the commercial says, we will always be there for you, whether you have questions two days or two years, 20 years after closing um, to take care of you. The other options too, you've got um, credit unions are also an option as well. Um, they a little bit uh, more selective too on their, on their lending policies. And you usually have to be a member to get a, a decent rate um, with, with credit unions. And then you also have your online lenders, which we uh, recommend stay you from. stay away from. <laughs> stay away. We'll come Please. back to that. Yep. Or yeah. out of state ones. Out of state. Yep. They're not going to know the um, financing and lending uh, options and rules as well as you would with a local lender. No one. Oh, sorry. Well, and you, you might get a lender that's out of town asking for a termite inspection. <laughs> We don't have termites here. We don't. And it's really hard to fight with them over the phone saying, you don't need that. I don't understand why they don't know that North Dakota doesn't have termites. That we don't have bugs that survive in the winter. Mm -hmm. So the yeah. termites are And they certainly don't understand special assessments oh, in this area. Definitely don't understand special assessments. So... How do we know which lender is right for us? The, and it's good It's good to check with, for sure, two individuals, um, sometimes three. It can get a little bit overwhelming. But the first thing you want to make sure is that they have plenty of loan options. Um, and they're not trying to steer you into just one particular option because there's other things that might be better that, that like a bank may not offer to you. Um, and then you want to make sure that they're actually responding to you, your emails, and to your calls in a timely manner. One of the biggest... Um, I guess things that most people dislike is with some of the lenders, they don't call back. They don't get back to you. So if you're running into that, it's not going to get any better once you find a house. So just make sure that you're comfortable with your lender and they're responsive to your needs. And I will just say, I'm super impatient. So after five minutes, I'm like, oh my God, they haven't responded. And Erin knows that. I'll call her <laughs> with a question. Like, you haven't responded fast enough. Um, but Angie is always super quick, even just to say, I'm going to get back to that in a little bit, but just so you know, I'm working on it. So at least I know it's been acknowledged and I'm not sitting there tapping my foot. <laughs> right. Well, the thing I like about Angie too, and not that we're going to toot your horn the whole time, Angela, but um, <laughs> so Angie and I were talking about a client last week and she straight up said, she's like, you know, this big bank, if they can offer this particular program, go with them. And you know what? The clients came back to Angie because it ended up being the best deal. But I like that if you have a lender saying we have the best no matter what, no matter what your situation, that's risky as well because everyone has their limitations. Yep. And everybody has their own niches and what they're good at. And program not, not everybody offers the same program. Mm -hmm. So Angie, quick question. You were talking about underwriters. What are underwriters and how can they possibly cause an issue with a loan? Not that they cause issues, but how can it cause a hiccup if you're not discussing with underwriters first. So it's nice to be working with a lender that has a local underwriter in their office, because a lot of times, um, even if it's your, even if it's a bank that you bank with, their underwriters aren't in the office and they have to, they might be located in Minneapolis, they might be located in Florida. When that's the case, you can't, you don't get as quick of a response because usually, especially with a larger lender, the turnaround time for clearing underwriting conditions can be 24 to 48 hours. Well, if you are getting an appraisal in, or if there's issues with an appraisal and you're supposed to close tomorrow and it takes 48 hours to clear one condition, that's going to put a delay in your, mm -hmm. in your closing. That's why I always tell people, make sure that the, the underwriter is, is close by because when you've got a, an underwriter, that's, you can walk up to that underwriter and say, here, will this work? Will this clear it without um, running into delay? That just streamlines the process. Um, and you can get, get stuff done like, 
in a very short period of time. Well, I think that brings up a very valid point. Anyone who's had to deal with a VA or wanted a VA loan, they're not the fastest moving machine. <laughs> and so for you to have a VA underwriter in-house, I think will really speeds things up for all the different types of loans. So what exactly does the underwriter do? Do you have a quick? Sure. So the first thing, um, actually, what well, the first thing that happens with the underwriters when they get they get the appraisal and they're the first ones to actually even look at it before even I look at it. And we kind of streamline the process. So to make sure that there isn't any issues with maybe a comp, um, the, it, the appraisal issues are all cleared up. Then what they're going to do, too, is they're going to review all the documentation that as a loan officer and then maybe as a processor has request, requested from the borrower and to make sure that we're meeting the requirements by the um, financing agency. So if it's FHA, VA, basically making sure all of our I's are dotted and our T's are crossed so that it's um, OK with the um, insuring agency. So when you have a file that you think might be a little bit more challenging, um, how does that process work or who, who all is involved from start to close as far as your lender? That's a great question. As if I've got on the onset with a pre-approval, if there's any issues or if there's anything that I'm questioning, I can go ahead and bring it to the underwriter and make sure that um, it'll still work uh, and just find out what kind of documentation I need on the front end so that we don't run into any last minute hiccups. Sometimes you'll hear, hear the horror stories about uh, they ran ran it through an automated underwriting system. Everything was fine. But now that underwriting has reviewed it, it doesn't actually meet guidelines. And now you went from an approval to now, oh, oh, we're not approved <laughs> and we're supposed to close next week. That's yeah. one of the things that we do that I can honestly say um, we do everything in our power to avoid those situations. Now, there's certain cases when maybe somebody changed a job and didn't inform their lender. That's happened. That does happen. <laughs> um, we, you know, we go over those things when I meet with a client, but there's certain things that do become out of our control. But for the most part, any major issues we would catch on the pre-approval um, because I have a local, or because my underwriter literally is within a stone's throw for me. Well, and even just the file we were talking about, um, that you said if they want to go to the bank, they might get a better deal. Well, you said in order to be approved, they're going to need 12 months rental history. You know, what if they'd had a late mm -hmm. payment on their rent and we figured that out a month down the road? That's exactly. a lot of money spent on something that didn't need to happen. So right. if we're struggling with our lender, when or how far into the process can we switch lenders? You can switch lenders really at any point in time. There is no hard, fast rule that says once you've signed even the application documents, you can switch at any point in time. Ideally, you kind of want to have an idea when you're starting to get pre-approved and if the pre-approval process goes smooth, you like what the lender is telling you, uh, once you've actually got a property identified, that's when you're going to want to start getting your loan estimates and that's when they, the lender will go through and itemize and tell you what your cash to close is going to be and how what your rate is going to be because at that point in time, you can get locked in on an interest rate. If if it's going along and you start running into some hiccups, um, even midway through the process, I've had people switch last minute as well. Now, there isn't a guarantee that you'll be able to use the same appraisal. However, mm -hmm. sometimes switching lenders and making sure the deal closes is more important mm -hmm. than having paying for an extra appraisal. appraisal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So friends and family out there that are looking to buy, do they need 20% down to buy a home? No, and that's probably one of our biggest misconceptions. We're very fortunate in this area to have multiple uh, loan programs available and anywhere from no down. So if you're a veteran, a qualifying veteran, or if you're looking at something more rural, you can get with get in with little to no down. This is down payment options, doesn't cover closing costs. 
And then we have a conventional loan program where you can get in with as little as 3% down. And there's also the first time homebuyer program where you may have to put 3% down, but they offer a down payment assistance program, which is 3% of the loan amount. We just offer that on the North Dakota side. I can talk a little bit about that later. But in most of those cases, you're still going to need, you know, your earnest money and your appraisal deposit, but that would get you in with as little as $500 into the transaction. And when you say percent down, you mean percentage of the purchase price? Correct. Percentage of the purchase price. Correct. So what's kind of your favorite go-to program? Because we want to have time. We can talk about some, what has gone wrong? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so it really is going to depend on each borrower is so different. Um, VA financing is probably hands down the best loan program I think available. It's a little bit trickier, more paperwork, and you have to qualify as a veteran. Now, most of us that I run into are going to fall into either an FHA or a conventional loan. If your credit score is above a 700 or above a 720, then conventional 3% down is a great option. You can put more down, but usually 3% is going to be the minimum down for conventional financing. And then FHA, if your credit score is under like a six, usually that's 690 or under, FHA will be a better loan program simply because the payment's going to be lower um, for that, for that, based on that credit score. So you talk about um, down payment assistance, mm -hmm. like for first time home buyer, for conventional, um, do they have to have an income? Is it an income based? There, yep, very good question. There is an income limit to it and that depends on the county and it also depends on the size of the household. Okay. But it's still pretty generous. You know, it's, I think with a family size of three or, or basically family size of two, you have to be under 83,000. Don't quote me exactly, I'd have to look it up because I re recently just changed. But it's pretty, it's pretty generous. Mm -hmm. uh, and that down payment assistance, I always tell people it's not free money. It is a silent second, which means it's a second mortgage that's tied to the property. And we call it silent because the borrower really isn't going to know it's there until they would go to refinance or maybe sell the property because that 3% loan amount, it's forgiven at one eighth per year over the course of eight years. So they're not making payments on it. However, if they were to sell the house before the start of that ninth year, they're going to have to pay back whatever hasn't been forgiven. And that's why you also pick a good agent because we'll do net sheets for you, mm -hmm. which means we will factor that into there so you're not owing money at the closing table. Right. Or super surprised. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean I owe money? Exactly. Yep. But it is a great program. Um, rates have been very uh, low for that particular program. We did get notification today that they're going to bump it up a quarter of a percent. And it's about time because rates are up. It's pretty typical for that to be in line with the market. So what are we kind of seeing for rates for FHA, conventional, and VA? You know, that's a, that's another good question. Um, we. Rates are on the upward trend right now, but it's when it goes up, it doesn't go straight up. It's more of a, they go up and they dip down again. They go up, they dip down. We dip down just a hair, but then it'll likely go up again. So we're probably at mid, mid fours right now would okay. be a, like four and a half percent. Is it? Do you think we could get up to five by the end of the year? Would it go that high? It's hard to say. The experts are in, they were anticipating, um, close to 5% by December. However, you know, I've heard that so many times, it's hard to believe it. A lot of it actually will depend, like our the, rates eased a little bit with the issue with Italy. 
So it depends on economic factors. That's going to have the biggest impact mm -hmm. on whether or not rates will go up. So as long as we don't jump back to 1980s. That's right. what I was going to talk about. So keeping uh, it in perspective, what were the rates in 1980s? 18%. Yes. And that they were was insane. And that was people getting a good deal. So exactly. 5% is not so bad, not so bad no. if you think about it. I, I, can't, I can't imagine what the interest, you know what I mean? I guess the house prices houses were, were lower too, but you couldn't afford it. Well, right. my friend's dad was just saying he bought his house, you know, early 90s for 69000 and now it's worth two fifty. Right. You know, like that's Absolutely. such a huge difference from buying 30 years ago. Right. And a lot of times I'll hear people, well, maybe I should wait and save, or maybe I should, um, you know, my credit score is a 680. Maybe I should wait instead of doing an FHA loan. There is a cost to waiting as well as interest rates increase. And housing prices. We, housing we estimate about 3% per year. Oh, right. Yeah. So your buying least... power is going to decrease with time as well. So now is a perfect time because we're still historically low interest rates, maybe not the lowest, but historically low rates. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And prices are kind of leveling out since we, I mean, we're still seeing that seller's market, like we talked about before, where there's more uh, buyers than there are homes, but we are seeing a little bit more conservative prices, especially among builders. They're throwing in a lot more perks. Well, and what did we see just in our last meeting? Midwest average price point is what two nineteen, and Fargo Moorhead's like two thirty two, two thirty four. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we're... we never really got hit with a recession, so our homes kept increasing in value. Mm -hmm. Okay, so number one, what is your number one horror story, Angela? Your cautionary tale for buyers. My. My number one that probably sticks to me, sticks with me most is somebody using an out-of-state lender. And I, I won't name the name. Um, he was a soldier and he had flew in um, from one of the camps that he was at. Him and his family were supposed to close. He flew in a, a couple days early and they were closing in three days. And the minute he landed, he got a voice message saying, oh, sorry, you're denied. <gasps> we all just, yes. yes. <laughs> Clearly, what? we have not heard this story. <laughs> no, I've literally, I got a frantic call from one of the agents saying, is there anything you can do? They said that now that he had car, this, this car loan, um, but it was on there. So I don't know why it's popping up now, blah, blah, blah. So we sat down and this was before we had uh, our own VA underwriter. Sat down, I had his wife and small kids and wife was, wife was in tears crying because he had to fly back to California and they had no place, no place to live. So we were able to, I looked at it, ratios were a little high, but not anything that we couldn't do. And we had it closed. We still had to delay the closing because I couldn't get it done in a week, but we had it closed in two weeks. That's oh, wow. amazing. So from then on, I'm really, really, really shy away from even this particular company catered to veterans and to military personnel, but they definitely did not have their best interest. Their best interest. So what are some common situations you see come up that are kind of wrenches in the whole deal that people usually aren't aware of? I guess without getting into delving into specifics, telling your lender one thing, but not being able to prove it. That's one of the things like I had somebody, um, this is one that kind of a story that it fell apart at the very end. And we were clear to close, except all I needed were her W-2s. Mm -hmm. We had a verification of employment, so we had tax returns, but the tax returns don't identify her W-2 income. Mm -hmm. Well, it, literally, we're just a few days, okay, I just need your W-2s. She had moved. She said she couldn't find them. Um, and I tried to get her to order them. Well, it turns out, she goes, well, I don't have W-2s. I was paid in cash. 
Don't lie to your lender. Don't don't lie. Don't think that we can't. We have to verify everything that we're told as a lender. We have to verify. So that was, you know, that was something where I felt as a lender terrible because like, how did we not know that? Well, I had a verification of employment that was completed by her accountant. Oh. Don't commit fraud. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's, so, you know, and the, the other thing too is large cash deposits into bank accounts. People won't, the, another, you know, people get upset with why do you need to know where this money came from? Well, make sure you're not a money launderer. Right. Yep. Or a street pharmacist. Money. Yes. <laughs> I know. I got to prove that your realtor didn't give you the money. The seller didn't give you the money. The street corner didn't give you the money. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds funny, but um, getting a mortgage was one of the best ways to launder money. So now your cash oh. into the transaction is probably one of the h- most highly scrutinized um, piece of the mortgage application. Isn't there a Netflix series about that with, where they're using real estate? Yes. I don't know. Ozark. 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 Oh, yeah. yes. Yes. Yep. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you buy a yep. resort in <laughs> southern Missouri, we'll be watching because <laughs> we know where it is. Yep. <laughs> well, and I had... Um, somebody that worked beats for the win- for the winter and included it in income, but it was an uncle that paid him cash under cash, the table, yeah. Yeah. and he was thinking he could count it as income and he couldn't. Right. So, yeah. yep. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So, what? Real quick summary. What do you think we're seeing in the market today? I think um, even though rates are trending upwards, I think it's a great time to buy because it is easing. It's not as much of a seller's market, so you're going to get more likelihood of the seller to pay some closing costs, which is going to help you get into a house sooner. And with the rates in the mid fours, um, even if you have to offer a little bit more for a house, um, payment will go up by about $5 per thousand that you have to increase your purchase price by. But ultimately now is the best time because as rates go up, as the cost of housing continues to increase because we're not seeing any easing in home Mm -hmm. availability, uh, really is now is a perfect time to get in. Great, great summary. Mm-hmm. So, real quick up um, recap: Buyers and Brews, June twelfth, starts five thirty. Free food, free booze, free daycare. Who's our? Where were we today or yesterday? We were at the boiler, boiler room. room. I had the best summer meal. So, oh. there, rum, chata, French toast. I could eat that all day. Yeah. Okay. So, who's so our winner? Joshua Anders. Anders. Andres. Anders. Yes. Anders. Yes. Josh and Benny. See, Josh commented on my Snapchat, and I said, go oh. on Facebook so you can win, and you did. <laughs> Good job. Okay, so, so we have a gift certificate for him, and what else? That's it. Just find us at buysellfmhomes.com or Diamond Realty Associates on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as always, stay, stay classy, FM. FM.